0: Were the dumbest people on earth, no, really. <laughs> no. I, d- I didn't take integrated external audio sources 101 in law school. <laughs> I did, but I didn't take law school. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my bad, man.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, it's all good, man. It's not like, you know, I'm syndicated or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey the producers are screaming one at of these- me. Yeah, one of these days, somewhat at, at at you know, like CBS Radio or Spotify, or someone's going to be really pissed off when I show up three minutes or five or eight minutes <laughs> late or whatever.
1: <laughs> like, it's when, okay. I'll take this, the. heat. <laughs> where is this longtime associate of yours? That's just always late. He always yeah, has these know. minor problems.
0: <laughs> well that's the good news is you can you can say oh he's a lawyer and they'll just be like oh he's an asshole anyway then like, oh or, or maybe we can get something for free out of this guy we'll see we'll see <laughs> yeah that too it's oh like, man it's
1: like once you get to one of those professions that's like used in like everything and related to life you're like the the industry equivalent of a guy with a truck when it comes to someone moving you're like oh really hey, I need your help with something. And sometimes (laughs) it works out, and sometimes they're asking you for everything for free.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, that really is true. And every once in a while, I will hear about someone who has some very obscure job, and I'm always like, how did they get into that, and why didn't I think of that? Because if I did what they did, I would not have to deal with nearly as many people, especially very (laughs) disagreeable people all day, every day.
1: Uh, oh, and when you, but, you when know. you deal, cause when you're a business lawyer and, and when you're working like business to business, sometimes that's, that can be one of the most interesting groups of people. Cause oh know, yeah when you deal with business owners, it's like, if they've been doing it for a minute, you know, they think they have the world figured out and sometimes it's just annoying. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was always like I, I remember when I was still in, lit- I promise this isn't going to turn into the Ben tells a million stories about his old life um, hour. But <laughs> when I was still in litigation, we had a client who um, changed light bulbs on like air traffic uh, warning towers, you know? Oh, like, the yeah. Mask. And he he had like. I think it was like 15 towers he took care of, and he got paid Hmm. a lot of money to once every three or four months or whatever, go change the light bulbs on all of them. Hmm. And I am am really, 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 really terrified of heights. So, like, that was not going to be in my game plan anyway. But I always thought, you know, if I could look down... Um, if I was over, you know, like two or three stories off the ground, and could look down without feeling sick. That would be a pretty great job because you get paid a lot and you almost never have to talk to anyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, except your supervisor who wants you to do yeah. it faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, how scary this is! No, that that stuff's crazy. I don't, I, heights used to really get me, not as much because I like I I I had this like fall when I I fell off like the um, stair banister like we were like sliding down you know whatever oh yeah and i i slid off the top before i even got a chance to <laughs> to go down because i was wearing like a swimsuit so it was real like you know sleek material or whatever and it's like it was like a really wide banister it was at a church it was like it was i mean it was like maybe like 10 inches wide i mean it was like a really intense one so like that's why all the kids were like really comfortable doing it but and i had done it a billion times and then that one day i just slipped off and it was like it, it wasn't like three stories. It was like two and a half stories or so up. Um,
0: so, yeah, ever since I had that. Yeah,
1: fall. yeah, yeah. And I, I landed on my feet. and <laughs> This is an annoying thing. I land on my feet and I think my ankles are like shattered, right? And then um, I like land on my feet, kind of fall back. And then brace myself with my left arm and then like fall. And I'm just like, oh, I'm dying, you know? And then they take me to the doctor and they're like, well, your ankles are fine, but your wrist is obliterated. I'm like, what? <laughs> I landed on my feet. But it, I guess that that this they said that maybe the shock like whiplashed into my arm just in the, the timing that I braced myself or whatever. But I just remember being a little kid, being pissed that I like, was like, how did I not break my ankles? Like, not being pissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh but no after that happened i was afraid of heights and then one day six flags opened with the uh superman tower of power and my uh cousin was obsessed with it and he was like just dogging me for not wanting to go on it because he was just like what do you mean like it's so fun like what's gonna happen man it's like it's a roller coaster i'm like it's just not it's just freaking me out and so like he just he'd I don't, somehow he, he convinced me who knows how he did it but uh uh, yeah, I went on that ride and it kind of broke me. I was like, "Oh, I guess heights aren't that bad." <laughs> and ever since, but no.
0: I I don't know where I got it. And like airplanes don't bother me. Um, even you know, I I worked in downtown Dallas in two different large buildings, and in one I was mm-hmm. on the 40th floor, and the other I was on the 34th, and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I my office had windows, and that never bothered me. But like standing on the roof of that building would have terrified me Mm. i mean it's yeah yeah
1: yeah i because you know i I work in downtown dallas and 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 sometimes there's either like a networking thing i'm doing or i'm going to survey um um, a a property or an office for something like typically a rebrand or a new 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 business and um yeah if it's in one of the the really tall high-rises you know like fountain place or like Thanksgiving tower or, um, any of those real, you know, oh, Comerica, Comerica, that's a really big one. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was well, really, that's intense. where my
0: office was. My, the second oh, office yeah. I was in was in Comerica. The first was in Renaissance.
1: Mm. Mm, yeah. That's a good one too. But yeah. yeah uh, I think I, yeah. Cause I, I, I had like that moment too, where like I was looking out like a window and I looked down I was like, Oh crap. That's insane. Um, I think it was in Thanksgiving tower. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just like such a weird feeling because like I had a manager who like he does not do heights. I mean, he won't even do a ladder, and he uh uh he, he would go with me to that place where it was for an event like a networking thing, and he would say the hell away from the windows. So was just like, <laughs> I'm just not thinking about how high up we are right now. <laughs> like, dang, yeah. You know, but I've kind of well, come to terms with it. But no, like hanging though, and like you know, like those dudes that are on like the uh, electrical wires, and only thing keeping them there is like some bungee. You know, steel oh, cord yeah. or some shit like that. Now that's 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 some crazy yeah. stuff. I'd rather work I don't at a care. grocery store.
0: I have no idea how much money uh, window washers make, but I can tell you they're underpaid. Whatever it is, <laughs> and you could yeah, you could say uh, if you told me they got paid a million dollars per window, I would still <laughs> think they were underpaid. Because I, there's I got, not enough money in the world to get me to get on rickety scaffolding <laughs> and go down a 900 foot tall building washing windows yep. all the while.
1: I'm curious Ooh. what like the highest paying position is in Dallas for that. Like go on, go on, uh, what is it? Glass door or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a difference
0: glass window. <laughs> I, I hope it's um, a million dollars a window, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's an intense job. Cause like, um, I mean, you think about it, it's already like crazy, but then i just think about like all the complaints you might have to deal with that are just stupid you know like yeah. like some like uppity lawyer that's like we were in the middle of a you know an important meeting and your guy is just like up there squeegeeing it away i'm like yeah we're cleaning the window. <laughs> we always yeah. do on tuesday at 10 a.m you know <laughs> like whatever yeah and then you have to put down those like signs on the sidewalk that say you know men working up ahead and just I don't know. I just think about all the the dumb people downtown that you probably have to deal with just because.
0: Yeah, I I saw. I was in Houston one time and I saw one. It was a sign that said uh, "window washers, uh, window washers present. Watch for falling objects." And the yeah. lawyer in me went, that sign is not enough to waive liability. I don't think.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, those, um those demolition trucks that drive with like all this rubble and shit with no covering on top. And yeah. they have these big decals in the back that just say, stay 200 feet away. We're not legally obligated for anything I'm like, dude, you don't have a cover on your car. <laughs> I yeah. probably have a camera on my dash, like this is provable. <laughs>
0: yeah was preventable. Like, if you if you take a you know if you take a pipe wrench to the dome that has been falling for 300 feet that <laughs> that sign in in 32 point font ain't gonna be enough i, I don't think that was that was, that was a, a act of god <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like john up there fumbled something and it landed yeah. on on somebody <laughs> but yeah no that's always been something like interesting like when I'm walking downtown or driving downtown, you see those signs on the sidewalk and just like, you look up and like, yeah, sure enough, man, there's a guy just like 40 stories up, just cleaning a window. This is crazy. I don't know. You'd think that we'd have some robot or something by now, but that's probably coming, but because I, yeah, I just imagine like that's, that's gotta be so intense now. I'm just super curious about how, how much they get paid, but, uh, how the
0: hell did we get here? (laughs) (laughs) Whoever knows. (laughs) 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 all
1: right ladies and gentlemen
0: you're listening to best songs to listen to while you're washing windows (laughs) (laughs) only
1: on spotify no i'm just kidding but uh yeah i guess let's let's get started on our our topic for this week uh which is um i guess what what, how did we phrase it it's like guitar solo
0: yeah the, the way i had phrased it was guitar solos that give you chills mm. every time you hear them or something yeah. similar um or something
1: well i can uh i can start us off um unless you have something no go uh, for it that's just burning burning on your page uh i'm gonna start with one um actually I, i'll i'll preface my entire spiel Uh, by saying um i tried to keep this like half and half like in regards to like not like half like mega pop stuff that everyone knows and like half like random shit that no one would know (laughs) um but more like um half of it is is more um I mean, kind of, well, I guess it is kind of like that, but, but not, not really like that. It's more like from in regards to me, like as the listener, like half of this list is stuff that I've known forever. And it's always held like a part, you know, a close, uh, a, a, a a dear place in my heart. Um, but then the other half is kind of newer. I'd say it's like, I've known these songs for like about a year or two. And there's something that I still go into with, um, you know with the with open eyes where i'm just like oh yeah you know like let's let's put this on this is a you know this is kind of still new in my lineup and it's got me excited you know it's because like i can listen to cortez the killer by uh neil young and 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 it's it's always i can always make a place for it but it's not in my you know lineup this year you know whatever right. you know because i you know i make my playlist of my rotation or whatever and you know four or five years ago it probably was but now it's it's where it's eked its way out <laughs> due to new music so one of my newer ones that i'll start off with that i found it's been a little over a year i think is europa uh by santana nice um so basically the whole song it's like an, a solo <laughs> i mean it's like a lead you know it's just him leading but you know he has these little breaks that are much more calm um or more like rhythmic and then these Bust out parts that are the, the solo or the, the chorus or whatever. And they, they're all just, they have their own little feel to it. Like you can tell, you know, that, that's, what's a great about a, an instrumental arrangement is you can still tell what part is the chorus. I mean, obviously you can tell what part of the chorus, what part would be like if there was a singer this would be like the most dynamic part, if there was a vocalist really cutting through. Well, that's what I really love about this song it, I mean, yeah, but yeah, is, is that it, um, the tone he has, that guitar tone that sustained, um, um, effect he has along with that just like i mean i don't want to just say it's like that santana sound but you know like (laughs) the the thing you probably think of when you think of santana um it really is still in that that groove doesn't really go outside of that idea of 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 his um um typically used guitar tone but it's just he's just talking he is telling a story through his guitar and it's so beautiful man it's just the reason the way i found this song because i mean i like santana i mean I'm, i'm familiar. Uh, th- I think this is mid '70s, and I'm really familiar with his early stuff, like the first like three albums. I think are the ones, and the uh, what's the one from the '90s with like um, what no, that, with that Rob was Rob Thomas on it. Yeah, yeah, in that one, you know, just because everybody knows that one. But um, I didn't know this one. Um, the album's Moonflower. Um, just if I haven't said that already. Um, and the way I found it was I was listening to Santana's interview on Questlove's podcast, Questlove Supreme and uh Questlove invited um um the guitarist from the Roots to join in um in the conversation um I'm forgetting his first name I mean, his his nickname is Captain Kirk um, right. but um uh and he 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 had like i think he had like two questions for Santana um and and one of them wasn't even really a question or it was question, but it really was kind of open statement at first, just thanking him for this song. And he was saying that one day he was on the bus. I think he said he was taking his, his son to, to school or something or had just dropped him off or something. And he was listening to it. And he said that he just started crying, just like he couldn't help it. It just hit him. And um, and then he asked him, I guess, yeah, I guess the question was, you know, where did it come from? What was his inspiration? And and Santana says it was a, it was a story he says i think he said he was like on something when he was coming up with it but he's telling the story of a of a a woman that is um she's seeking some kind of mushroom or like seeking like something there's like this like it's a very like fairy tale you know like woo woo kind of thing but it's um um but he just, I don't know, you could tell that he was, it was a vibe that he was just clearly just channeling, but he was talking without really saying anything through his guitar. And it's just like, it's just so beautiful. And it just, man, it just hits you right in the heart, man. I just like, um, particularly like the chorus when, like when he hits it, it hits in with the bomb, you're just like, Oh man, it was like, it just, you just want to sit back further in your chair. If you're not already, it's just, it's just going to hit you. And, um, that's one of those songs where, like I said, it, it's not just a, a, a set solo. And I know I'm, I probably should have started with something a little bit better, but it's just one of these songs in the last two years, particularly on, on that's, you know, guitar led and there is, a, you know, solos that just, man, it just, it just hits me, man. I don't know. That's a great one for me.
0: Oh, yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's a great one. And I, I love the, I love the whole thing because that album, um, And I I was reminding, I was trying to remember if moonflower was one word or two. So I just Googled it. Um, Turns out it's one for those of you needing to Google. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I've always liked the, I've always liked that that song came from the moonflower album because Europa is one of Jupiter's moons, I think. And Mm, so it just kind of fits the whole more literal. Yeah. Um yeah. I am shocked and absolutely saddened to hear that Santana may have done some illicit drugs at some point <laughs> in his life, though.
1: <laughs> what
0: <laughs> I and I I'm so sorry to break that news um or to hear that news broken, I suppose. But um no, that's a first. That period. yeah. So that's a. it's I think it's a great first pick. And yeah, it's I um it's funny i was actually i was talking to my cousin um ian who and i was telling him that when i started thinking about our topic i had I, I sat and just looked at a blank piece of notebook paper for like i don't know i mean probably like 10 minutes and i was just like it was like i had forgotten every guitar solo i'd ever heard in my life um oh i
1: know i'm same and, with me and,
0: uh <laughs> Yeah. Well, and
1: then, I was like and then flipping I, through the artists thinking like, oh, one will stand out to me. But then I'm like, oh, damn it. Yeah. But then I would find I would start looking through like the album and like each by each. I'm like, oh, this one and that one. I'm like, dang, there's just a lot.
0: Yeah. And I, I was I was at a bar in Lubbock on uh, Thursday looking at all this mm-hmm. stuff. And and then they just uh, like once I thought of the first one, then they just started pouring out. And then it was like, OK, how do I limit this to a reasonable number? So um, and yeah, Same. I've got, I, I, and I guess this is kind of my, my caveat slash opening statement, similar to yours is, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that everyone knows that when I'm talking about this, it is almost never going to have to do anything with the technical difficulty of playing the solo. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, shit. And, and it might not even be how good the solo is. Really, it just you know, it's it's like Ringo Starr's drumming, right? Ringo mm. Starr probably could not have played with Rush, but then again, Neil Pert probably couldn't have played with the Beatles, uh, <laughs> because what the what Ringo provided the Beatles with exactly what any given song needed, and I mm. think that that is one of the hallmarks of a very very good drummer. Um, you know, skill aside, and that's kind of how I started thinking about these solos. I'm like, okay, well, it's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, Joe Bonamassa or, or some like virtuoso, you know, Jeff Beck, someone doing some crazy stuff in a weird key that is technically impossible to play and all this stuff. So, sure. Um, so the, uh, my first pick in the 2022 uh guitar solos that still give you chills draft was um mother by pink floyd from the wall 1979 and i should go ahead and say that most of my picks are going to be like the like the yoga pants uggs and pumpkin spice lattes of the guitar solo world i think because i'm just a basic (laughs) bitch at heart but um (laughs) (laughs) no that's a great one well but that,
1: that one's also really good because it's not um it's one of those songs where like you don't see it coming the whole time just because of all the buildup.
0: Right. And I, I that's what I like about it. I mean, you, you know, and I, I didn't look at the time that it kicks in. I guess I should have. But, you know, it starts out very softly. I think it's double track guitars and a bass. Um, you know, Roger Waters' voice is kind of melancholy. And then when David Gilmour takes over singing the 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 parts of Mother, um, you know, David, David Gilmore just used his David Gilmoreness to make the lyrics kind of sound spooky and spacey and sad, but in like the best possible way. <laughs> and the whole song is very, I mean, leading up to that moment, it's very sad, but you can feel like the second that solo starts, it fits because it feels like it. there was all this pent up angst or something yeah. that comes out right in that first long held note. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it, it matches up with the lyrics so well, because, you, you know, the, the last lyric before the solo starts is of course, mother's going to help you build a wall or help build the wall. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even get, and I know wall is only a one syllable word, but he doesn't even get all the way through that one syllable before the solo starts. And it's just perfect. And then in a complete Pink Floyd move, you know, that song is kind of in a weird time signature. Mm-hmm. Um, And as as a matter of fact, Nick Mason didn't even play drums on it because he couldn't wrap his head around it. So they used a studio drummer. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, I wrote his name down, Jeff Porcaro. And I Hmm. apologize to Mr. Porcaro if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. I know you're listening. Wow, that's crazy. Um, Yeah. And um, so, but the solo is in 4-4. The solo is in Common Time. And so it's kind Hmm. of funny because it's just such a David Gilmore thing to do to play solos in weird time signatures in their other 4-4 four four songs and then they get a song that's in a weird time signature and he decides to play the solo in common time and I think that that is just it's lovely and I don't yeah and I don't know if that has some sort of like British like if that's what the British would call cheeky you know Ooh, it's rather mm. a cheeky solo he plays it in 4-4 even though the whole song was in nine eight, leading up to that Um you know i sorry to every Brit listening but um you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just perfect. Or maybe he didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell, maybe he didn't. You know, That wasn't I'm in time? Sorry. That sounded great, though. Can we keep it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm starting to think that some of those guys might have also done some illicit drugs, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, we haven't left the seventies yet, so Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And and I think they were the first band to have a laser light show in their name. So I like I feel pretty confident taking like like that's a that's a that's a fastball count and I'm expecting a fastball. And
1: so. <laughs> No, that's a great one. I mean, Floyd and I mean obviously Gilmore being the the guitarist. Um there's so many. I mean like yeah, like, yeah. cuz i mean one one of my top one is comfortably numb i mean that will always Yeah, that that, that the song, same album yeah yeah same album and um that that song just because of like obviously like different memories with different people whether it's my dad like listening to it for the first time or like uh, hearing it on the radio like for the first time it's like always it's just always one of those songs that it's just like as soon as that i mean just the song itself is so great but then when that solo cuts through like sometimes you get so into the rest of the song that maybe for a moment you'll forget that it's coming and then just like wah, just cuts through and you're like oh there it is
0: <laughs> it <laughs> it's does. just so
1: epic you know oh yeah and it but that's i mean that that's another great great guitar tone and something that i want to keep uh, bringing up throughout this topic is is the tone of these guitar solos is i i feel like that's also a nature of why we appreciate it so much is because it's not just like, yeah, it's, it's great. It could also be technically great, but like the tones that they've selected the way that it's been engineered, it's just, you know, it's so premium, you know, it's so like, it's, it's already being dynamically played in an audibly, you know, in sound form. It's also just, it's, it's, it's as clean and as, you know, warm as like a, you know, organic ear would want. And it's just so, it's so well done. Uh, But no, yeah, Mother's great. That's a great, that's a great choice. Um, It is,
0: and I I do, I do also want to mention that um, for anyone who's going to analyze that choice in some sort of Freudian manner. Um, I I did not grow up with another overbearing mother. The lyrics in that do not reflect my personal opinions of my mother, and please do not <laughs> attack my mother because she does not deserve it.
1: <laughs> Noted.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Well, well no, I, I mean, I know there's going to be like some, you know sophomore psychology major going somewhere you know that listens to this and is like oh well that's that's clearly freudian that's, in nature <laughs> like okay whatever um, yeah <laughs> but it's like the great uh, niles crane from frasier said when he was filling in for mm. frasier he goes i'm jungian not freudian so no blaming mother today uh, <laughs> There you go that that joke yeah. was very specifically for my business partner cole shooter who is the only other person i know that is my age ish who actually still watches and loves the show Frasier. so shout out hey to man, cole you, you got one other right <laughs> oh, here good. live yeah awesome man. yeah, uh, well, yeah I
1: grew, how have we yeah, how has that not come up before i don't know there's well because we're media junkies so there's always something else to talk about
0: well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we're always stuck on something else. That's a good point.
1: And they're like, you like that too? Let's talk, you know, that's why we're doing this show. Remember, every time some topic gets brought up, it's so easy to talk for two damn hours. <laughs> <laughs> but no, let's not, let's not get sidetracked again and talk for, yeah, Fraser for 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> well, let me, uh, let me take us out of the 70s real quick. Um, let me throw us into uh, modern times. How about that? and i believe this is 2021 um i'm gonna reference a song that you now know uh which has been a solo that i just keep going back to um i keep going back to the song too but i most of the time go back to this song purely for this solo so i wanted to make sure to keep this kind of up in the uh, upper tiers to bring it up um i'm not saying again like what you said there's nothing about this that i'm saying is like up above all the thrasher shit, all the stuff that's technically mind blowing, all these, you know, jazz cats that can blow you away. Um, there's just something about the tone, the nature of the song, um, the arrangement and the, um, the, int- not, not the introduction of the song, but the introduction of this guitar into the song. Cause it, cause it, 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 it starts off the song, but then it, it also comes back as like the coda as the, as the closure closer. And it's, um, it's seven by men I trust. Um, Nice that 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 solo at the end. the first time I heard it dude, I played it like back like three times. like I was like, holy shit. And I was like, that was amazing because it's such a calm, cool song like already and I really liked it. like I really liked it like without because I think it's like a little over three minutes or something like that. The first two minutes I was already sold. I was like, this could be it, and this is good. this is good. I'll throw it you know in my calm playlist or like whatever chill chill work <laughs> but <laughs> then but then the, the the solo just cuts through and it's so like you know it's not like in your face but man it it's as in your face for like what this chill wave like chill jazz whatever you want to call this album like for what the album as a whole is like this this solo just like just comes out of like the shadows and just hits you. And it's just, man, it, it's such a smooth sound. It's so fun too. It's like, it's, it's just electrifying and it's bright and it's like, it's just exciting, you know? And, um, and, and it's just, what a way to end the, the track. And, um, I mean, it's just one of those solos where I genuinely didn't want it to stop. You know, it's like the first time you hear free bird and you're, it's like, holy shit, this dude's killing it. Like go, 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 you know, just keep going, keep going. And, and it's not even that you want the solo to repeat you know the beginning part and and it to kind of take on its own independent you know measure or or, or p pe- or, or or portion of the of the song you just want it, it you just want it to keep evolving because that's what the solo just keeps doing it's like you listen to it and you're like oh that's so cool and then they they you know they, they they switch the timing or they they switch the the effect or like whatever but with this one it's just i think it's only about like a minute and it, and it fades out so the dude still gets killing it as the song you know fades out and i think that's what that that's what grips me even further as like this appreciator of the solo and the guitar um sound itself on that song is you don't even hear you know like a complete close of the of the of the solo which to me you know I want I want I'd like to think um that that means that whenever they were trying to figure out what the out the outro for the song was that they're like yeah we could do a, a, a guitar solo and and homie just gets in the studio and just starts going mad and they're just like just go just go just kill it we don't even know we do not even know that that's what we wanted but that's great we'll just fade out on that I don't even know how we want that the end because it's just like you've captured lightning in a bottle like you know it's just it's just awesome man I don't know but that's that's one of the more recent songs that uh with a guitar solo that like yeah I purely go back to that song for that solo
0: yeah, and I I think you're right. I, that's a, you hit the nail right on the head. I, it does sound like they were just like, "Yeah, dude, just get in there and jam something, and we'll figure it out." And then then he got in there and was playing it, and they're like, "Yeah, this is this is too good to have an abrupt ending, so let's just you know." And I, I, maybe that's one of those. Well, you've seen them in concert, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. and I've saw them play this song, man. And
1: and and he did. They did have a close. You know, they did find out a way to close it when right. they, they performed it. But it was, I think they added, like, yeah, another, like, minute to it. Like, the the dude was just riffing. I mean, he was just killing it. I mean, there's a term for that, like, when you're in the studio and someone's going for it and you just don't interrupt them. You don't, you know, you just just use the track that you got because you just happened to capture lightning in a room, you know. And like, yeah. it just feels like that, you know, um, yeah. like I don't want to double up here because like when I have another one that's like that, which is um, Weight of Love by the, the Black Keys. And I'll, I'll get back into that. But that's that's the same story, or at least I know for a fact that that's a story about that song is the solo that closes out that song by Dan Arbach it was just Dan was trying to figure out how the song would end and then he goes in there and for like two minutes he's playing and the producers are like, don't stop. him! Like, just, just, we're just going to use that. What you just came up with. That was amazing. It wasn't what we asked you to do inside of 30 seconds, but it's great. So we're going to turn it to two minutes and just close it out with that instead. And like, that shit's amazing. Like that's, that's gotta be a great feeling for everybody involved. (laughs) Like, Holy shit.
0: (laughs) I I had someone tell me one time and I, I wish I could give them credit um, for this, but I, I have completely forgotten their name. But, um, you know, what they told me is that a lot of times in guitar driven music, especially when there's a fade out where there's been a solo to end the song and there's been a fade out, that that normally is the case, and mm-hmm. that those are the songs that you also want to really see live because normally that means they will go back in and, and you know, in shows where they can add those, you know, one or two or five or ten minutes or whatever back. Yeah. And, and just keep that jam going. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's the, I think that is, I you know, and I, I know you're this way and I'm this way, but that, that is one of the draws about concerts is to me is, you know, that there's going to be some stuff that they did in the songs that maybe they did in the studio and they didn't quite sound right. Or maybe, you know, yeah. it was cut for time or whatever. And they just get to, you know, on stage, they just get to go get it, you know, and, yeah. and it's always sure. fun to see people do that yeah or they're like highly proficient
1: and they get tired of playing the same thing on a tour and they want to complicate it they're like well i know that song we did that a year ago uh i i kind of want this solo to go on longer and and so they practice and extend it a little further you know like i know like neil young was known for that like um, um squeezing in new songs that he would only play on tours because he just you know it's like he wanted to throw off the set list and just keep it fresh and um, well, you know, like I, I just talked to, uh, Joe Dyson, who's the drummer for Pat Matheny and, and he was saying that in their set list, like they'll sh- they'll, they'll shake it up sometimes, but the, they evolve the songs, you know, they'll add in extra parts where they can, you know, stay on their toes. They stay, you know, they keep each other on their toes by like evolving the song even further. So it's like, you can love, you know, Zenith Blue by that group, but then. When they perform it you know when it gets to his solo you know they might double it up just because like he's had you know they've just had time and they want to they want to give you a little extra that you're not expecting and they get more you know um uh opportunity to to play and to 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 um perform you know not not for the sake of performing but for the sake of of like learning and uh, like achieving a new chapter into the story you know that they've been telling for so long um, Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, well, why wouldn't you, you know, I mean, it's yeah. not like because I know there's going to be that crowd and it's probably like the pop crowd. That's like, well, that's not the song. You know, he didn't he didn't say it like it's that's always like it's like, well, that's that's not normally the like, what an artist probably would want to do. I mean, I know there are artists that want to do that and they're obsessed with keeping it, you know, just like the album, all that kind of stuff, you know. But um, I mean, I'm just as enamored with the artists that extend it, you know, because I'm already super familiar with it. So, you know.
0: <laughs> Right, first off, I think I had a Zenith blue TV vCR combo in my bedroom when I was a kid, so that that's kind of funny <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah no and i I think um you know I, I so I have not been to like a pop pop concert um my sister has you know my sister saw in sync a couple times uh, mm. she's seen Justin Timberlake and that kind of thing, and based on her stories, I mean, it would be fun because I like seeing live music. And I, I mean, I will see music that I actively dislike live just because live music is fun to me. I, I like being around it, but sure. yeah. you know, I don't think there's nearly as much of that kind of stuff going on in the, in pop concerts or, or the kind of kiss FM pop concerts, because uh, you know, I think the people there are there because they like, the song as it is and so that kind of added entertainment is where you get backup dancers and choreographed crap and stuff yeah. like that and i once i finally realized that because i used to have a super negative point of view on that there's like yeah pop sucks and they do that dancing to distract from the fact that the music sucks and all and it, that's not what it. Is. i mean i do think by and large a lot of it does suck but you know, I, I think that I think that the music or the 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 stuff that goes with the music, the dancing and the choreographed whatever, I mm-hmm. think that is to pop fans what those five minute guitar solos are to guys like you and me. And uh, oh, yeah. you know, once, so that's this more that. Dynamic. Once I learned to think of it that way, it it uh, I was able to kind of see how people appreciate that stuff. Still, mm. uh, like I have no interest in. I would probably go see Justin Timberlake. He seems like a good entertainer. I would see Lady Gaga, but like I wouldn't see Britney Spears in concert. Yeah, right,
1: well, <laughs> I'd probably have to just because my wife's a fan.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> well, I guess yeah. If someone like gave me tickets, I guess I I wouldn't be like no and take some weird pretentious stance on it. I'll see it. Plus, I I'm I you know I was part of the hashtag Free Britney movement. I, just, I, I followed that story. I watched the I interview. Su- I support it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, my uh, so my second pick in sticking with the yoga pants, Uggs and PSLs is <laughs> The End by the Beatles. Oh, um, nice one. Yeah. So um, Abbey Road, 1969. Technically, um, it te- like if you look on the CD issue than it is side two, track 10. Um, Mm. But really, you know, tracks three through 10 are just a big medley. And I did write them down so I can get it all in the correct order. It is. You never give me your money, Sun King, Mean Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam. She came in through the bathroom window, Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, and the end. And um, this... Uh, so a couple things. And and the first is Abbey road was kind of the band that was the album that introduced me to the part of the Beatles that wasn't uh real mop top poppy stuff. Um, and, and so, you know, Abbey road is always going to hold a special place in my heart. Plus I do, I mean, even all these years later, it is still that and the white album. It's just what side of the bed I woke up on that morning, uh, figuring out which one is my favorite one, but (laughs) Yeah. You know, this song in particular, the more you get to know the band, the more I like this song because the guitar solo was actually a trade-off between Paul George and John. Yeah. And you know, they each took two bars at a time and then repeated that three or four times or however many times it was. Um but it is interesting because when you know that you can kind of hear the different segments and you can recognize, okay, that's Paul's style. Okay, that's George's yeah. style. Okay, that's John's style, yeah. right? Um, but you also, once you really get to know the band, you realize that that is essentially the sound of the breakup. Um, mm. and, uh, you know, I was reading about the song and, and they had a recording engineer named Jeff Emmerich who said it was great because it looked like all three of them had just gone back in time and that they were just kids kind of trading off, trying to outdo each other in a fun way. Yeah. And by the time they were recording this, relationships had kind of soured to a point uh, where I think that those days were rarer and rarer, and yeah. uh, which is a word, is a stupid word. I hate when a word is rarer. It's because there's too many R sounds in a row. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's incredible. And the way the guitars sounds are just it's beautiful the way it comes in paul mccartney playing is great Then trading off yeah. to george harrison who was playing on that beautiful like candy apple red gibson that he had and recorded a lot of abbey road with and um yeah i mean it's it's just a beautiful track and it ends a beautiful album i mean technically it doesn't end because you have her majesty after that but um yeah well you about know that it's which I've always I, I love Her Majesty by the way I'm not yeah I am not yeah knocking, I just I just it,
1: in my mind in my head canon it's still the secret track so it's not like you know yeah it's like it's a track but it's not like I don't know to me it's like yeah it's a part of Abbey Road but it's like if Abbey Road had like a bonus disc
0: <laughs> yeah had like that one on it Right, because if you listen to the Beatles uh, albums chronologically, but as they were recorded, you know, because if you listen to them as they were released, it's Abbey Road, then Let It Be. But if you listen to them as they were recorded, Mm -hmm. um, it's Let It Be, then Abbey Road. And so if you listen to them in that order, when you get to the end, you're like, man. What a way to end a story career. In the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. I feel enlightened. I feel like a better person. Then you hear this weird country thing that kind of implies that 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 Paul McCartney wants to bang the queen. (laughs) And it's, uh, I, I, mean, I don't know, yeah. I, but on the other hand, that does seem to fit their general sense of humor as a group of dudes oh, better. Sure. So. That's <laughs> he, but that's why, that's why it fits as a, as a
1: secret, as a bonus. Cause you know, on the original right. release, it didn't list it. And so like you right. listen to it all the way through and then you're like, wow, that's amazing. And then, yeah. And then you hear that at the end and you're like, what the, what the hell is that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> is, is Paul McCartney talking about getting drunk so he can work up the <laughs> yeah. current, the proposition the sovereign head of his nation is that what's happening here is that the last thing the Beatles are ever going to do and it's Paul McCartney kind of making a pass at the Queen maybe
1: Paul was like well this is my last
0: chance (laughs) I'm moving to Scotland with the family what's he care right I mean what's the Queen going to do to him
1: we know that song originally it's original placement was in between um, Mean Mr. Mustard and Paul Athene Pam right and there's yeah. like in the, last, in the last deluxe edition or whatever they do, a, um, or the super deluxe edition, whatever they call it, they do, there's a track called The Long One, and it's like all the melody together, and it includes it in its original order. And so it, that it, that's kind of an interesting, I kind of almost like it. I mean, I love how smooth all those last six or seven tracks are. Right. I mean, everybody does. But I also, I guess maybe it's because of that familiarity with the smooth track of the whole idea um i kind of like the interruption of it you know going from the the odd oddity of mean mr mustard and then it, instead of it you know cutting to the don't do i just abruptly just gets really chill for a second and it's just paul just you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just going out of nowhere because you because you have you know because you have mean mr mustard leading the paul pan which are two like Quirky John songs, and so it's right. kind of funny to have that random little like. Well, here's Paul being a little quirky in the in between, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, as we go from the man with mental illness to the overbearing woman, <laughs> uh, how about Paul tries to get the queen to go out with him? <laughs> <laughs> Paul hits up the queen, but no yeah.
1: the 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 end though. Um, just um, that 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 is such an uh, that was one of those songs that when I first heard it, like I I just, I, I, I couldn't believe I hadn't heard it sooner. You know, it's one of those where you're like, "Wow, oh, where have you been? Um, but then it's one of those songs that, that when the Beatles rock band came out and I was younger, uh, it was one of the first ones I wanted to play because I was like, <laughs> that, that's like the most epic song. I mean, yeah, all the songs are great. Their, 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 their work is phenomenal. But when we're talking about epic, <laughs> when we're talking about like you you want to close the show you want to have an excuse to put fireworks on i'm talking you know live and let die type stuff like that (laughs) that that, that's the one you're probably going to think of. i mean at least for me i mean like it's just so epic and i mean to its point sir paul mccartney has ended like all of his concerts with that like for the last like 20 years so it's <laughs> it's oh, just yeah. like because it's it's killer it's just like it's such a great closer and um you know just bring bring him back a reference to the super deluxe um version of, of abbey road you know um, um um giles martin george martin's son you know he remastered that um with someone else um involved but it was mainly him and and i don't know if you've noticed this but if you listen to the remaster that he did of the end um well if you listen to the original um i mean it's still stereo or whatever but the solos are all center they're all center pan they're right down the middle right um it still sounds great and dynamic because there's three different tones just trading off you know three completely different styles just you know cycling through but if you listen to the new one he puts i should have looked this up because this was one of this is on my short list but i had a feeling you might have done this one so i didn't do it um <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and I felt, like I, it. <laughs> well, like, I felt like i could think of it well and i felt i also felt it was a little cocky i was like i could remember all this one i don't need to write that down um but i'm pretty sure it's like john's on the left george is in the middle like J- john is completely left pan like he is only coming out of left speaker now and, and the remaster or someone is it's one one performer is all left one guitarist is completely center and then the next guitarist is completely right so like if you're listening to that song in a full you know 5.1 sound setup or like even in your car and you're and you're blasting it um it's just like it's moving around the room so it literally feels like you have three guitarists just they have you cornered and they're just you know melting your face you know it's it's that wonderful cool. it's super cool i mean yeah it's
0: I, I have seen a few different Beatles "quote unquote" tribute bands. Um, mm-hmm. Like there was one called Rain that came through College yeah. Station when I was in college, and and even Rain ended their set with the end. Yeah, with of, the end. Yeah, it's and I just, saw another one. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, so it's. Uh, by the way, Rain put on a pretty good show. It was kind of weird though because their bassist was clearly their. Sorry, Paul. Uh, was clearly a right-handed person who just learned to play bass um, left-handed. And then when uh, they would do, like, Paul songs, he would play a guitar right-handed. Because, uh, mm. you know, <laughs> apparently Blackbird's a pretty difficult song to play wrong-handed. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, good show, though. I mean, really. they—they. They, oh, yeah. No, they're good. My fans. Yeah. Have seen them. So, I, I mean, that was well, cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the the end man that's a, that's a good pick um <laughs> well i guess for because i mean I, I i have so many um <laughs> for the next well, ones do you want to just kind of like do like short just rattle them off and just like short yeah yeah just,
0: just some rapid fire
1: yeah yeah because there are some one i, I definitely want to get out just so not everyone's thinking like you only listen to the 70s and random chill wave people <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah, like I'll, I'll I'll just throw out another one. Um, well, this is still in the '70s, but you know what? Fuck it. Um, Sultan's of Swing, man. Um, dire Straits. Sultan's of Swing will always be in my short list of solos and and just guitar-driven songs, man. It's just got so much soul in it and so much like man, it's just a fucking vibe. I mean, you listen to that song and like, if you don't get amped up listening to that song, it's like, you don't have ears. Like I just, <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's just like, it, it's so good, man. I mean, Nafwa just kills it. I mean that, that, that the, the guitar tone, the whole so- song is great, but then you get into that closer and you're just like, you don't want it to stop. You just don't want it to stop. I mean, that's just the theme in these solos is you're just like, keep going, you know, go, go, you and, know,
0: it's just, Mark Knopfler is wildly underappreciated in the world of music fandom. I think, mm. like I think, within the world of musicians, people know how awesome he is. Oh yeah! But you know, Mark Knopfler is a terrific guitarist, and yeah. um, and and aside from his work with Dire Straits, which I and I know, I think I said this last time, the time before last, I think Brothers in Arms might be the best album to come out of the nineteen eighties. Um, mm. but. Um, You know, he did an album with Emmylou Harris not too long ago. And so he kind of took like, well, I say that probably 10 years ago. Um, But, you know, it, it showed that he could take kind of a country bluegrass, almost kind of Americana um song and still put his Mark Knopfler spin on it and make it incredible. So I hmm. I uh yeah, no I'm I think Mark Knopfler is just a wildly underappreciated person from a music music fan's standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um the next one I have on my list is uh Constellations by Jack Johnson from the in-between dreams album 2005 and I'm gonna like I'm gonna get made fun of for this with some friends and I don't care um, constellations so that album came out about a month after I got my driver's license and mm. I was a Jack Johnson fan because it was 2005 and if you didn't own, you know a puka shell neck necklace you were a nobody so i tried to <laughs> i tried to briefly kind of submerse myself into the you maybe southern california is not so bad kind of vibe and i mm. hated it but i did like the music <laughs> um i did not like the oc or a lot of the other stuff but i did like J- the jack johnson side of it and then they're like mm. you know actually he's from hawaii i'm like ah I could have gotten into that, but, um, so that, uh, <laughs> that album though, the CD stayed in my truck. I mean, it, that was one of about five or, or 10 CDs that were not in the yeah, big not, book that I carried with me. You know, they I'm were not actually in, with that uh, song. in the glove box, but yeah, in between dreams, March, probably of 2005, my birthday's in February. I got my driver's license in February of 2005. So I'm assuming it was late February, early March, um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's also, I mean, it's just kind of a sweet song. It's a laid back love song and the solo, if that's really what you even want to call it, isn't just great, but it just, it fits so well. And it's, you know, it's like we've been saying, it's, it's about having, it's about the solo fitting the song and just making the yeah. listener want to come back for more. And, uh, yeah. that, that's, that's one of them.
1: Huh? Yeah. I need to revisit that. Cause I mean, I, I know I'm familiar with the album, but I don't, I, I can't recall that song. I'll need to go check I th- it out. I think
0: it closes the album. I, if I recall yeah, correctly, it, it is the last song. So yeah,
1: it does. <laughs> okay. In my truck
0: every day for 10 years, you'd think I'd be able to remember which track it was off the top of my head, <laughs> but you know. Uh. Okay. So my next one, Um,
1: I've already referenced it, but. I, I just want to make sure to clarify why um, I brought it up. It, it's going to be Cortez, The Killer by uh, Neil Young. Um, it, kind of in the same vein as Europa, where it's like, it's a, like a bunch of like lead guitar and solos, you know, kind of like merged. I mean, there's lyricism in this one. He like takes breaks. It's an interesting song because it's like, he just riffs for like two minutes and he sings for like a few measures. And then he just goes on for another like couple minutes, comes back and then just closes it out with another like killer, like, <laughs> Um, You know, part just by himself Um,
0: down by by the river. Oh (laughs) yeah, yeah, or yeah. Well, that and you know what that
1: that's one like that's an era of Neil. That I mean, clearly it's probably like my favorite is is that late sixties through the like late seventies where I mean he was he was all over the place, um, but also yeah, doing these long run songs like kind of like that wouldn't be typical in pop or even in rock, and it was much more like. He wasn't doing it to be like jazz kind of stuff but that was the only thing that really had long form that was typical but then he started doing that like he started doing that starting this well really with crazy horse when he started working with crazy horse he's like almost every album would have like one or two like nine minute songs or seven minute songs that were just not typical yeah. Um, but yeah this it, is one of them
0: it, it feels to me that era of neil it's like he in, he really liked what prog rock was doing and what was happening in prog rock with mm. more long form kind of musically conceptual stuff, but he didn't yeah. actually like prog rock. That's right. That, I, I mean, that's that's my guess. Is like he listened to King it's Crimson and like was like, "That was awesome," and I never want to listen to it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, like, wow, wow, King of Crimson Court is so epic. How can I do yeah. that with a gritty ass
0: guitar though? I don't,
1: you know, <laughs>
0: Yeah. man, who's this Peter Gabriel guy? I hope I never meet him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, man, I do love, I do love Peter Gabriel Genesis though. Um, Foxtrot especially is a great album, but anyway, that's a different mm. story. Um,
1: <laughs> but no, another, yeah. Did, Oh,
0: uh,
1: wow, I was just going to say, no, yeah, I, I was just going to say that the only one or the comment I want to make about that thing Um is um it's not just like that the the song off of zuma um because that's the album that it comes off of it's also the version of it on um live rust um because when he does it um when he does cortez the killer live he does it different like the little solo parts are a little more like psychedelic like they're a little more like almost like jimmy hendrix play style like real like gritty and 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 sometimes he would he would blur those turn tones together and just make it sound so just like ethereal and crazy but he also has a backing choir um so like every time he's 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 either playing a really sweet note or he's 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 closing out a a, a lyric um there's some every now and then that choir is just you know just is um just Hovering in the background, you know, just making you know, just helping, you know, lift up the 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 vocal impact of the of the song and just. Yeah, I just want to say the live version in addition is different. Um, it is completely different, um, but it's just as just as electrifying.
0: I do love a good live version. Um, so uh, I'm trying to pick what what I want the next one to be, but um, I, I think what I'm going to go with <laughs> um riviera paradise by stevie ray Vaughan. um mm. actually also from 1989 which means yeah i've done four songs and they've been 70 69 79 89 and 2005 so i guess i'm missing a 99 in there somewhere yeah, should have so- <laughs> gone with smooth by santana and rob thomas Um, I think that was 99, but, um, um, but yeah, Riviera Paradise, it's on in step though. It's a nine and a half minute, uh, instrumental that is beautiful. I don't know. I guess that's, I, I like beautiful, such a, it's, it's a, such a subjective word, but, um, it is, it's nine minutes of Stevie Ray Vaughan being Stevie Ray Vaughan and it's, wonderfully tinged with a little bit of 80s like tonal tones in the bass and weirdly mic'd drums sometimes and these weird uses of the keyboards to make a um sort of a chimey sound at some points, but ultimately it all comes back to the guitar and it's just wonderful. And there's a few different sections of it. It it does kind of have a little bit of a refrain that it comes back to every once in a while. Um, but by and large, it's just Stevie Ray Vaughn being awesome. And what it does, I think, better than any other Stevie Ray Vaughan song is it shows that he was more than just very, 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 very fast. Um, hmm. And, you know, I think some guitarists, they get caught up in this kind of like you're only good if you're fast thing. And then, you know, you listen to some of the real heavy guitar guys like Joe Satriani and, and Jeff Beck and those guys. And you're like, oh, OK, well you can be perfect and slow and sometimes being slow is what really takes the talent in that moment. Yeah. Um, and well, I, mean, I, I like, think that like, that's, yeah, I, I think that's what this song does so well is it there's moments where he's, you know, of course like fingers catching fire fast, but sure. a lot of it is just showing a, a real uh, beautiful restraint and not playing fast when it wouldn't yeah. have worked. So I think yeah. that's why I like it so much yeah well i mean that makes me
1: think of why i appreciate you know like harrison and and, and clapton i mean Slowhand, right. right you know i mean um i mean first of all i mean they had their own styles but they also learned a lot from each other and you just see how they they play and they didn't really go too gnarly very often you know but right. they, the the things they did were so finessed and so dynamic it was great you know like one, one of mine is um um day after day by Badfinger, finger uh, which that's a george harrison song that he wrote and does the solo on and and or does the guitar work on as a whole and my god like that is not like fast at all but like that song i mean i mean i I mean i could talk about the whole song from the choir i mean from the harmonies and like all this stuff. it's just such a beautiful song but like that guitar just cuts through that slide guitar man it's just so awesome um I mean, there's so many um, songs. Well, in fact, uh, two another another two on my list that that have both of the boys in it, uh, Clapton and Harrison, are <laughs> uh, Why, "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" and "The Art of Dying." I mean, like those those two songs, it's it's Clapton and Harrison um, through. I mean, through obviously there's backing bands and other session guys involved, but like they're the they're the heart of the of of the passage and the and the guitar um, um, portions, and it's just ugh, they're just both of those songs are totally different but so intense and so epic um, purely because of how it's driven by the guitar you know
0: yeah um well, I'll, uh, let me let me rapid fire these last ones i'll just i'll just i'll give artist song album year all right cool um, i i, with I got no that so i don't sound too stupid um okay. <laughs> patience by guns and roses from gnr lies 1989 uh, mm. which is an acoustic one which is fun um purple rain from prince from purple rain 84 uh jack straw by the grateful dead from europe 72 which is a live mm. album believe it or not angels flying to angel flying too close to the ground by willie nelson which is there's a live version on one of a one of his greatest hits albums Mm. and you wouldn't think that willie nelson a willie nelson solo could do that to you but i promise it, it really does um, and then, um, Mustang Sally, but buddy guys cover of it from damn right. Oh, I got the blues 1991. Nice. Yeah. That's love buddy guy. Stevie Ray loved buddy guy. So I love buddy guy. <laughs>
1: nice. Those are some good ones. Um, cause I've kind of skipped around cause like, like, okay, I'll, I'll rapid fire and I'll give you like little, a little bit uh okay machine gun um live Hendrix I think it's the Fillmore I believe is the one um that's another that's like a really one. good one <laughs> that thing is badass man I think I think yeah. it's like 10 that's, minutes or oh, something man. like that but it's just a, another okay this uh, we've listed so many guitar greats but it's another long form just like just you know just going at it for just like nine ten minutes and it's like you just don't want it to stop it's just just so good um obviously like voodoo child and all along the watchtower too but i don't think i have to talk about those um uh i just want to make love to you by uh the muddy waters electric mud uh version oh yeah oh man any any of his like solo lead shit on electric mud is just so just like ah it's just like like his his guitar is plugged into the, my spine.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I, muddy water. Oh man. Yeah. Well, that's we might have to just have a whole. We <laughs> might we, that we should do electric mud just as an album review sometime. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah, because once you turned me on, because I had heard, I realized in in, in retrospect that I, I knew a handful of songs off of it, but just didn't realize where it was from. Um, but yeah, I've I've really I really loved that album. Um, I have two more one one is will always have a dear place in my heart it's moon age daydream by uh, david bowie uh, well the solo is by mick ronson get that right right uh, mick ronson is someone that i bring up a lot on my show just because he's someone i don't think gets enough credit um he he's so rude it's just in your face man it's just like it's just like it's such a tone to come from this like not flamboyant but like you know you're thinking about this like space you know not epic but you're thinking the space theme stuff and then you just got this dude just like belting in your face man i mean it's just like it's so much energy and 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 uh it just it's just so much flashiness man it's just perfect It's, it's perfect for the the concept of the album um and then and then there's a remaster of it where they bring it out even more and it's just like, oh, it's like right in your face. It's just like, it's just beautiful. And then the, the close, it closes it out. And it's just so epic. I mean, I could talk, that's another guy I could talk all day about is Ronson. Um, but, because uh, yeah, I mean, his stuff on their first album is amazing. But that's just one that truly, it, it made my spine tingle 12 years ago or I don't even know the first time I heard that song and it still makes me do you know today when I hear the the even the, the part that some people might think is is mildly annoying when he's just like repeating himself you know warp, 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 warp. <laughs> it's just like it's it's got it's got its place you know I mean I'm just thinking of it as like what would you think as an epic space rock guitar solo well god dang it that's it like right there <laughs> um But yeah, that one and and the only one I want to throw out there is almost a shout out to some people I play music with because it's not it's not someone I listen to, but I know this. I don't even know the album, Um, but I know the song because they've practiced it and I've played it with them. And I I I don't really have a a I don't have a position in the song when we play it. I I like I'll play it like the shaker or whatever because everyone else knows the song better than I. But um, it's by Ween, which I'm a big Ween fan. Um, But it's it's a Bananas and Blow. You ever heard that song? Uh, no, but
0: sounds like a fun Friday night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm I don't know too much about Ween. I know a handful of their songs. Um, didn't know this album until someone said, "Hey, we should play this song," and then they played it for me. I was like, "Oh, that's really interesting." Because I knew Ween. I knew Ween's vibe. You know, the '90s group, and um, it was not what I was expecting. Because it's kind of like a rapid Spanish, like flamenco guitar type deal. And um, yeah, it's kind of like a, a hokey, like silly song. It kind of it sounds like a, a, an old dead song, an old an old Grateful Dead song from like the <laughs> mid 70s or something um, or early 80s, I guess, because of the blow. But, um, <laughs> but 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 truly the reason why I honestly wanted to bring this up, because it, 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 it was on my list and I was like, eh, I barely really know this song, but I've listened to the song like three times today, not because of the lyrics, but because of the solo. And that solo is fantastic. I just, I have to give it to him. It's, 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 it is exhilarating. And when I hear my buddy Jeremy play it on his guitar, uh, when they're doing it, I just, I always, I'm always like taken back. I'm just like, man, that, that is awesome. Like that, you killed it, man. That, that was so cool. And, uh, not, yeah, it's not a band that I'm like super into or anything like that, but because of a friend, I'm aware of the song and, uh, just super cool solo, man. I definitely think so.
0: Man. Uh, well, once again, we crushed it. I mean, that's just that's, that's <laughs> a, gra- a great, a <laughs> great, a great cumulative list. <laughs> We're undefeated. I'm always still. so random. <laughs> uh, Forever random. No, it, it's so good, though. I mean, this is. I'm sure you feel this way too. But this is one of those where, if you and I uh, wanted to subject people to that, and if we had the time to, we could probably continue this conversation for yeah. hours. Hours, yeah. hours, oh. hours, hours. Oh, if we didn't have lives. We would just talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I, there's I'm, some I'm times where I'm like, of, I wish or, I
1: could do more of this. But I'm like, there's all, there's all there's so much happening, okay?
0: Like, <laughs> my, uh, my wife's going out of town in a couple of weeks, and we were talking. She was like, what are you going to do with all that time? And I was like, honestly, I might tell Russell that I've got like three hours to record. <laughs> yeah <laughs> screw it we just, yeah we can we can just make a a list of topics and and
1: well i mean we said we were going to do this and we still haven't done it yet but like make a soft timer so we're aware of like a warning time to not to stop yeah. talking <laughs> but hey maybe we can start then. <laughs> but yeah man i'm down i'm always uh down to talk at least it yeah. appears so <laughs> Man. But yeah, man, and it always seems to be easy, so let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sam, thank you very much, as always. Yeah, brother. Yeah, anytime, man. Looking forward to the next one. We'll see what we're we're going to be talking about next. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, Who man, knows? we'll see you. All right, dude. Catch you.